This is Jonathan, and this is the Bosnia Project Podcast. This is the never-ending story of my life as a world traveler, youth worker, father, and husband. Thank you for listening, and you can catch us and keep up with what's going on at thebosniaproject.com. That's where you can get the podcast, keep up with the blog, and find out everything that we're doing here in Mostar, Bosnia, and Herzegovina. We've taken a while to get back to recording podcasts. The last time I spoke to you, I was in the U.S. It was July, and it was the middle of a long visit to my home country, enjoying time with my family and with all of you. We are going to try to make podcasts a more regular thing, but it has been busy as we've come back to our home. The team has arrived, and the new ministry year has begun. We have a new team of six women and myself kicking off the year now. We are getting ready, making plans, putting things together for a great year of work with young people here in Mostar. We have English classes slated for the month of October. There's a new church in town that we are working with. We'll have a big academic seminar at the end of the month and a service project. There's a lot going on and having a team of seven people is a lot different than having just two or three, which is what we have had the past couple of years here. And all of this we are planning always mindful of the fact that we are foreigners reaching out to people who are part of another culture here. And because of this reality, I think about this thing called culture a lot. And that's what we're going to talk about today in this podcast. What is culture? How does it affect us? Why should we care about it? Why should we think about it? Especially if we are people who want to impact the world and the culture around us for good. The big question, how does culture affect us? Doing what I do, culture affects me all the time. I live in a culture where I am the foreigner, and so every day there's a reminder that I don't really belong. I don't really do things the same way that people do things here. Different things are important to me than what's important to people all around me. So being present in a foreign culture has helped me see my own culture more clearly. I can see how things I believe are heavily influenced by the culture where I grew up. And as I talk with people every day about eternity and the meaning of life in general, it's very clear that our opinions are all shaped by the cultures we know. You could say that trying to observe your own culture is like a fish trying to observe water. You're always in it, so it's hard to see it. Well, the purpose of this podcast today, I think, is to show why somebody should care about culture in general, to show why it is something that we should think about at all as we go through life on this earth. First, when we talk about the stuff, we've got to define our terms. What do we mean when we say culture? And how do we observe it anyway? How do we point at something and say, this is an example of my culture? Well, culture defined is a set of obligations, expectations, and customs that gives a group of people purpose and meaning. It is a set of judgments about the world, judgments about what is good and what is bad. Now that's a definition that can seem really dense and hard to unpack. One of the easiest ways to think about this is to think about the things that you do to spend time with someone else. Say you have a friend that you met recently. How would you spend time with them? If you have a friend in the U.S., you might go and do lots of things together that are fun. You know, things that you wouldn't normally do unless you're with someone else. You go to movies, 
you go to a baseball game together, you eat out together. It's a, that's a big thing that we do together is share food together. But where I live, you don't really do any of those things together. You don't share food together as often. You don't go out to eat together as much. If you've got a friend that you want to spend time with, you wouldn't necessarily go and eat lunch together. And that's interesting because for Americans, I think eating lunch together is the most common way we spend time with our friends outside of our family, especially for adults. But for people where I live, in general, you wouldn't really do that. There's several reasons, but I think the main thing is that eating is a necessity, which seems to make it kind of like an, an impure thing to do with somebody else that you supposedly enjoy spending time with. If there's someone you enjoy spending time with in this culture, you have to go visit them at their home and bring a gift like chocolates and a bottle of wine or something. And then they will make you coffee and you guys will sit and talk for a couple of hours. Or like most people, you go out with them and sit at a cafe and drink coffee together and sit for a couple of hours of talk. You don't really talk about a whole lot of stuff. You don't make plans to do anything. You just sort of sit there and you talk about your families uh, and people here do this every day. They don't really spend money together. Uh, that's something I think that you reserve for your family here, but you spend your time together. Something I think we might reserve for our families in the culture where I grew up in the U.S. people will even meet together with a friend here and just walk through town together if they're good friends and not even spend money on coffee instead of you know sitting down they just spend the time walking and talking watching the people they pass and talking about nothing in particular I remember doing that with people a lot before I had children and now there's lots of ways that as a foreigner I could get confused and misjudge the culture you know, I could work and work and work. And as a member of U.S. culture, that's like my cultural idol. You know, I'm doing my job that I came here to do. But then I've got friends that keep saying to me, come drink coffee with me, sit, relax, spend some time. Spend some time with us. And if I don't do that, then I'm communicating that I don't care about them. But if I invite them to lunch then, I might be communicating again that I don't really care about spending time with them, even as I invite them to do something that for me would be totally culturally appropriate. In the culture where I live, it's common for somebody to introduce themselves by listing out several of their professional accomplishments. You know, we, we might do this as well in the U.S., but the way people do it here is just different. You are identified with your job in a way that's completely different from the people that do it in the U.S. But how do you observe these kinds of little peculiarities in your own culture where you live every day? How do you observe your own culture? Well, my answer is that you go and you eat some good barbecue. Growing up 
up in Roswell, a suburb in Atlanta, Georgia. My wife grew up with a barbecue restaurant called Slopes. Slopes has several locations around the metro area, but I'm sure 25 years ago, there were just one or two of these restaurants. And they serve the best pulled pork, the best barbecue sauce. And when you go inside, it's like sitting down on somebody's back porch, chowing down on dinner in the deep south. The dining room is filled with all kinds of cultural southern artifacts. As you look around the room at this Slopes restaurant, there's several things on the wall that tell you all sorts of things about the culture where I grew up. There's a framed portrait of John Wayne and a John Wayne calendar. There's a sign that says, raised on sweet tea and Jesus. There's a thermometer from uh, Royal Crown Soda, which is about 50 or 60 years old. There's ceiling fans everywhere. There's an old uh, carpenter's mallet. There's a saw, all kinds of old carpenter's tools hanging on the walls. There's rocking chairs everywhere. A wooden rooster is hanging on the wall next to a wooden pig. Next to a washboard. As you keep going around, you come to the drink fountain and next to the drink fountain is a framed drawing of Mark Richt, the former coach of UGA football. There's Confederate money framed on the wall on one wall and on the opposite wall is a triangle case with an American flag, the kind that is often given to parents or spouses of fallen soldiers. A lot of people instinctively think that they don't have culture. I mean, there are obviously many different ways to do things, but many of us here are never confronted with any different kinds of ways of doing things. We just sort of think that the way we do things is the way that things are done. Other people have culture, and we don't really. But as you look around the room at one of the cultural establishments in your community, like an old barbecue restaurant, for example, you can take note of things displayed prominently and think to yourself about why these things were placed on the walls. What kind of judgments, what kind of attitudes, expectations, what kind of customs would cause people to put things in a public place so that they could be seen by people that would come and pay money for something? Why do they feel that these are things that customers would want to see while they're eating? We don't really think about these things, and that's why many of us have the impression that we aren't really part of a culture. But the truth is that we all are, and all these preferences, all of these customs and expectations, they all have come together to create the cultural world that we all live inside of every day. It's hard to get up outside of someone's culture, but it can be done. It just takes a lot of observation, and maybe some traveling, some self-awareness. But understanding that we are ourselves influenced by a culture opens us up to understand the world where we live more completely. It opens us up to see just how much there is out there that we don't know about the world yet. The restaurant was a great example of the culture I grew up in. And as you listen to the list that I just read and you think about it, 
it's obvious that the things displayed on the restaurant walls imply some judgments about things in the world that are good and bad. The tools, well, they symbolize this, this American ideal of hard work and being self-sufficient. The John Wayne calendar, the John Wayne poster framed, sort of represents a reverence for old times, old movie stars, the way that things used to be, which is always better than they are today. The flags, they represent something too. The rocking chairs represent something. And the money represents something. It all represents a way that we think about the world around us. And it represents things that we think are good about the world. All people are involved in this kind of thing. All people are involved in making culture. Culture is always a statement about what is good, right, or true about reality. So as Christians, should we try to make culture? I think unavoidably, Christians are involved in making culture. The question is, what kind of culture will Christians be involved in making? Will they do it well or not? There are two problems, I think, in relating to Christians and culture. The first problem is that most followers of Jesus are not thoughtful about making culture. It's very important that Christians get a nuanced understanding of the mixed nature of all culture and cultural artifacts. As I went through that list of things on that wall, it's obvious that some people would have different reactions to different things on the walls around the restaurant. Every human being is made in the image of God, and every human is sinful, and therefore cultural artifacts are always mixed. Every person who makes culture in some way, makes culture that makes statements that are somehow imperfect. You've got to be able to appreciate the good in everything and at the same time see the shortcomings. We need to be as non-triumphalistic as we can about everything. Oftentimes we fall into either thinking that our culture is all good or all bad without even realizing that we're talking about a culture and that it's both good and bad. And there are other ways of looking at things entirely that are also both good and bad. The second problem I think we have is that Christians are too wrapped up in the earthly cultural battles that go on in front of us, even as we're not aware that that's what we're involved in. You know, our Christian activities need to both defy and resonate with the general culture because the battle here is, is um, the battle between left and right, urban and suburban, or whatever it happens to be. Uh, that's not our ultimate concern. If you follow Jesus, you're a citizen of another kingdom. and This kingdom with its culture is not the ultimate thing. There is something else that is ultimate. Now, what do I mean by this? You know, I live in another culture, and so just like I described the barbecue restaurant, there's other cultural establishments here, other restaurants that are here in Bosnia and Herzegovina where I live. I could go around the walls and list the things that are hung up for people to see. And to me, they don't really mean anything. 
You know, there are some things that I think are okay, some things that I think are bad, but most of it will never get the kind of reaction from me that those things in the restaurant at Slopes, the barbecue restaurant in Atlanta would get. They don't get that reaction from me because I'm not a member of this culture. I didn't grow up here. And so I live and move around inside of it. It affects me. But at the same time, it's not my home culture. So the way that we ought to look at the culture where we are in ought to be closer to that. We ought to have in our mind the idea that we are ultimately members of a different culture. The point's not that culture is bad. It's that we're supposed to be aware that the culture exists around us and it's ultimately not our own. We're part of a heavenly kingdom, and if we follow Jesus with his distinct culture, then we ought to move and exist in the general culture where we live, kind of like living in a foreign culture. We are affected by the culture, but it ultimately is not our own. Battle for the control of that culture is not a battle of good versus evil, as many of us would believe. It's a battle between two very worldly sides vying for control of something else that is very tainted and mixed. The conclusion is that we are free to be the best members of these earthly cultures because we are ultimately members of our heavenly culture. We are free from our cultural assumptions where we grew up in a way that we wouldn't be normally. We're free from the cultural battle that is playing out in front of us, but because of the culture we are bound to, we have an obligation to work for the peace and justice of the cultures where we live. Because of the culture we're bound to, that's our heavenly culture, we have an obligation to work for the peace and justice of the cultures where we live. We work for the flourishing of these places where we are. We move into the cities and towns, the suburbs, we build houses there, we work jobs, and we contribute in ways that will allow for cultural renewal and reconciliation. This is our calling. So I hope that this discussion about culture has been illuminating inspiring and maybe has helped you uh, gain a little bit more uh, perspective on the culture where you live uh, whether it's in the u.s or somewhere else i hope that um, you will go out and work for the good of the culture and good of the, the places where you live and know that um, we have the freedom to do this we don't have to be um, depressed about the culture we don't have to find our joy and, and our inspiration in the culture either. It's a mixed bag and we're free to see it that way. Uh, but we're also free to work for the good of those people around us and the good and the redemption of the culture where we live. This has been Jonathan Trousdale for the Bosnia Project podcast. You can find everything about us at thebosniaproject.com.
We have a blog there. Uh, you can go there and also sign up for our mailing list, which we uh, send out to every, every month and sometimes more often to let you know more personally and more intimately what we're doing here in Mostar, Bosnia and Herzegovina, how we are working with young people and working to uh, enrich the culture here. And we want to thank you all for listening to us, keeping up with us and giving and supporting our work. Nothing that we do would be possible uh, without generosity of many people just like you. So that's about it. Thank you again and God bless.